Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 9.30 in 716. The Adams Mark Hotel. It is the largest conference hotel outside Manhattan in New York State. And it has a new owner. I, I think uh, Harry Stinson's uh, plan and, and move uh, for Adams Mark is terrific. I'm Tim Wenger on 9.30 and 716, powered by the Brothers of Mercy, a five-star rated skilled nursing residence offering affordable living in a country setting. Canadian developer Harry Stinson became the new owner of the Adams Mark Hotel recently. He's the same developer who tried to be the savior behind the central terminal. Now, his blank canvas will be the focal Adams Mark along the I-190, situated along the southwest edge of downtown and not far from Canal Side. It's a huge building, so it's a challenge, and there's no question there's a lot of work to do. But the general response from the community and from the staff is, is really positive. Stinson came into our studios Tuesday and talked with Susan Rose and Brian Mazurowski. And so many people coming out of the out of the woodwork who are on staff there who just come in and say, you know, in the old days I used to, I used to, I used to, I used to have the banquet here, we had our wedding here, used to work there. It's forty years it's been there. And there's just so many stories. Yeah. And it's what, always positive. What was it that drew you to the Adams Mark? Um, well, it's, it's a big hotel and I had been looking for a big conference hotel and it is, it is so far, in fact, it's much larger than I thought it would be in comparison to the rest of the market. It is the largest conference hotel outside Manhattan in New York state and not counting casinos, but it, it's an enormous scale, but I, it was an accident. I happened to stay there one evening. Um, I had a meeting at city hall next morning quite early and so I needed a hotel and I just stumbled into it. And as a person who has run and owned hotels before, it struck me that there was a lot of unrecognized opportunity in the hotel as a business, that it just seemed mystifying. It was, it was just coasting along. The, the facilities, the, the coffee shop was closed. The, you know, just, just things weren't happening there. Mm-hmm. And, and it became apparent that the, um, the ownership of it um, you know, was uh, in the mood to sell. Um, they openly said it was not their expertise, that their expertise was more the limited service hotels, um, of which they have many and, and do a fine job with. And my specialty is the, the, the out-of-the-box, over-the-top places, that uh, the white elephants, the dinosaurs, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and this hotel has it in spades. You're joined live in studio by Harry Stinson, the new owner of the Adamsmark Hotel. Harry, it's one of those hotels that is uh, maybe the most visible in Buffalo uh, from its location, from its size and everything. And it's uh, one of the hotels I think a lot of people have driven past for maybe the past 10 years and said, you know, that could really use a a facelift or something on the outside. And I'm guessing you agree. What's in store for the Adams Mark in the coming years? Oh, absolutely. And as you say, those those exactly you hit on the point. It could not only use a facelift, it could actually use a sign on the hotel that said hotel. Yeah, <laughs> I drove past the building for years and did not know it was a hotel. Adams Mark, as a, as a chain, which was a chain of 20 large conference hotels, and it was the smallest one, collapsed 10 years ago. 
So there's a name on a hotel chain that doesn't exist, that nobody remembers, and the word hotel doesn't appear. So it, it sort of starts with social media is all great, but, you know, a sign on the building telling pe- people what you are is, is old-fashioned, but it does work. But our focus, it does work. Uh, our focus is definitely going to be on reviving what it was originally, which was a group event type hotel. You know, it's struck me, I'm in the lobby every day now just watching, and we have tour buses pulling up. One, you know, sometimes we have six, seven, eight a, a day. Two tour buses pulling up at most hotels in Buffalo would fill the hotel period, and that would be it. Because most hotels are 100 rooms, give or take. This has 500 rooms. And that's the focus. It was the focus when it was built, and it lost it. It just became overnight accommodation. So we're going back to that. We're going to revive the food and beverage, not chain restaurants, but our own restaurants in there, 24-hour cafe deli. Just just make the thing, you know, a destination for, I'll say, events large and small, whether it's an anniversary to 1,200 people sitting down in the ballroom, um, but just totally making an experience. Um, we're going to be spending in all together with acquisition, probably close to $30 million, half being the acquisition and the rest of it, updating the rooms. The rooms are, you know, they're dated. That's more than you paid. It's about half sale. and half. Yeah, I mean, well, in terms for the value of the building itself, uh, actually, it'll be about two and a half times the acquisition price total. How much other property do you own, Harry? What do we know, I need to know about you? I don't own an awful lot, but I, I've, I've done a few very distinctive projects. One King West is probably a building that is comparable. It's a hotel in Toronto. It's 51 stories. Mm-hmm. And it's totally non-branded, and it, yet it has 96% occupancy. You know, it's 500 rooms, actually. It's a huge hotel. Um, and it started uh, in 2005, we opened. It's, it's running independently to this day. Would you like to run the Adams Mark, the Buffalo Grand Hotel, the same way you're running that one? Yes, and the uh, the Buffalo Grand, good point, Buffalo Grand is the new name, <laughs> um, the same way, is event-driven. But the difference is that the Buffalo Grand uh, has 72,000 square feet of function space. That's equivalent to the convention center. I mean, it's six times as large as One King in terms of its conference space. We're joined live in studio by Harry Stinson, the new owner of the Adams Mark Hotel. Soon to be rebranded, soon to be a little facelifted, and uh, I, I do want to get into why Buffalo with you in just a moment, but uh, we're still talking a little bit about what's in store for the Adams Mark, and we were mentioning kind of, you know, what it used to be and what it can be, and the location has a lot to do about it. You know, it's one of the places in Buffalo you see driving in on the 190. If you're getting off, uh, you know, you might be able to get off the thruway right in front of yes, that hotel. Can. That's great. It's it exits a, right on either side of it. Yeah, right by Canal Side, uh, really a prime location. Is it a surprise to you that that hotel now is in the condition that it's in? In a way it is, but 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 on the other hand, the hotel industry has migrated very much towards the franchise, the the brand, mm-hmm. you know, the standard, the Hilton Garden Inn, the, the Marriott Courtyard, which were very good, you know, clean, reliable hotels, but there's it they're not the same as a conference hotel. They're mm-hmm. easy to run, the smaller compact hotels. This is not. This is a village. There are hundreds of people on staff. It's a seven-acre site, you know, 500 rooms. In the, there's 26 banquet rooms. The, the complexity of running this hotel is significant, and most hotel operators are not interested. It's much simpler to have a standard brand, limited service, you know, mm-hmm. 100 rooms, outdoor parking, no food and beverage to worry about. You know, the head office tells you whatever the color is. You know, it does the rate structure. It does the advertising. 
you know, it, it's more property management, the hotel industry, or or they go to the boutique hotels, you know, and there's some really good boutique hotels in, in Buffalo now, but they don't have the capacity to do the events. And this building was built by Hilton 40 years ago as a conference hotel. It was a big convention hotel. It was a deliberate, and it was it was government supported. It was a, you know, it was a urban renewal project to bring things, big things back downtown, and it did that for 20 years. The irony now is that the timing is even better with Canal Side having developed and so much happening downtown. Downtown is more walkable now. You know, it's, so it's in a great location. So for the tour organizers who visit Buffalo and Niagara, they like it now because they can sell the city for big events. Harry, our listeners want to know, uh, they're texting and to wonder if that weird red-looking logo is I don't is even leaving. know what it is. <laughs> like, I, you know, it's, what do they call it, the uh, birthmark it, it, on the hotel. It's just, it's, just, it's coming off. So there'll be a, a you know, a, a grand logo up there for the Buffalo Grand. All right. So that's, uh, I think a lot of people will be uh, happy to hear that. So I want to get uh, the reasoning why Buffalo from you, because a lot of people remember your name from the central terminal uh, your efforts there to try and uh, you know get some sort of redevelopment uh, going now with the Adams Mark why the interest in buffalo it's a fascinating city i've specialized over the years in restoring historic buildings big old historic buildings buildings that were sort of unusual and that, again same as with the hotel industry the development industry is is cookie cutter it's the tall glass towers in toronto in particular everywhere and i've taken mm-hmm. on the unusual buildings uh, and Buffalo has got so many wonderful historic buildings. It's got character downtown, uh, which, you know, is, is somewhat missing in Toronto. It's, it's sort of ironic. Torontonians think Buffalo is sort of cool and edgy, and, and people in Buffalo all seem to think Toronto is very cool and sophisticated. And you always like city, what you can't have. Which it is. And, and there's a, there is a connection back and forth. So many people fly out of Buffalo, Canadians, they shop here. I mean, it's a huge part of the Buffalo economy, and I just became fascinated by the, the energy of the city and the potential, and I was, it was perplexing that there just wasn't a major hotel functional. And you know, then I discovered, well, actually, there was. It just was hiding in plain sight. And, and to tie in with the Central Terminal, um, it was, I found it because I was going to a meeting at City Hall about the Central Terminal when they were going through that you know, moment where the other train station had fallen apart and they were mm-hmm. deciding what to do with the terminal. And, and now it seems to have sort of faded into the background. But it was apparent that one of the challenges I was facing with the Central Terminal uh, a potential acquisition was I'm, a, you know, I'm an unknown from out of town. So why should this community turn over this grand historic landmark that's so dear to so many people, to this guy from out of town who had no track record locally. So I run across this big equivalent facility. It, it is an event facility that was right there and was fully operational and could be acquired, a private transaction, no government, no committees, no studies, mm-hmm. you know, just buy it and do it and prove that it was credible. And so he did, and he is. I've always found it's been very a very uh, strong market for out-of-town developers. George Hamburger would know. He's been involved in commercial real estate in Buffalo for 30-some years. He's with Hanna Commercial and talks about the Adams Mark and other commercial real estate developments in Buffalo. In my nearly 30 years in commercial real estate, I've spent a lot of time uh, developing out-of-town contacts that they interest them in Buffalo. And a lot of them just find it on their own. And luckily, will call me to see if I can find them what they're looking for. But uh, I, I think uh, Harry Stinson's uh, plan and, and move uh, for Adams Mark is terrific. Over the last couple of years, I brought people to town to take a crack at it. 
what they just found after looking through it a little bit is just uh, too too heavy a lift to try and do something because there's not a whole lot of cash flow coming in at the moment. But the, plus, the, the asking price is fairly high, and it needs a lot of work. So I'm I'm my, my hats off to Harry Stinson from Toronto to come down here and do something with the Adams Mark. I know he wants to prove himself because I think he kind of got shoved out of the way with the uh, Central Terminal project this last year. But he's certainly a capable uh, guy, and uh, if anybody can do it, he can. And I'm just delighted to see what's going to happen. You know, looking at that idea of the out-of-town developer coming to Buffalo, are you surprised to see that, people from out-of-town taking on such big projects here in Buffalo? No, not not at all. I think over the years I, I, I've noticed that they see Buffalo as a bargain, at least it's been a bargain, uh, compared to other markets and other countries. I've dealt with out-of-country people, too, who come here, and they're always intrigued by the architecture. They, they, if they're here for a couple of weeks, they get to like the people here. Uh, and a lot of them tell me they'd like to live here if they could, you know, because once they, they find the market, uh, like Doug Jamel, you know, bought a house here in Buffalo, I think over in the Delaware district. Um, people just love it here, and they love our architecture, and they love the opportunities that Buffalo provides. What about uh, Doug Jamal and the the one Seneca building, and how far he's uh, gotten with that to uh, to date? Well, it, it's like the old line about how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Uh, so there's a lot there to work with. He, he has seen it, of course, and I think he's got a good uh, staff and professionals around him. So they have to do it, you know, bit by bit because there's so much to do there. But I think uh, he's going to let the market dictate some of what he does there, which is, I think, the smart way to do it. Now, are you happy to see, I mean, are there two buildings in more of a need of a facelift than one Seneca Tower and the Adams Mark, two such prominent buildings that are basically neighbors in the grand scheme of things downtown? Well, they certainly are, uh, you know, in everybody's vision. So I think it's nothing but great news for the city that, both these guys are, are going to come in and do something or, or are doing something. George, what's next? Up? What, what else is out there in Buffalo that's in need of a Doug Jamal or a Harry Stinson? Well, I, I think I've always been impressed the last couple of years uh, with someone like Rocco Germany. I mean, he's going into different neighborhoods now over on the west side and other areas of the city that have been long forgotten. And I've just been amazed at, at the vision some of these guys, whether they're out of town or local developers, and we've got some great local developers. I've been amazed at their vision for taking just big bunches of bricks in a building that were, was built 110 years ago and making it into something very contemporary and cool. And cool, yeah, cool is the word, I guess, for what they're doing. So I, I just, every day, I'm just so thrilled with what I see after nearly 30 years in commercial real estate. Things are so happening right now, and, and it's just been getting better and better. When you look at the landscape of Buffalo, we see the work being done at One Seneca, and now we have the Adams Mark. There's so many other places that are being redeveloped. Uh, I was just walking past the uh, soon-to-be Labatt House right next to the arena yesterday, an old building that's right in the public eye that's going to be turned into something new. Uh, are there buildings still kind of on your maybe a red flag list around the city of Buffalo that you look at and see, man, we need to do something with this? Well, I, I, I could begin to list off the top of my head. You know, if I gave it a lot of thought, I could probably think of some buildings. But what, the problem for a while was that the, the owners of some of these buildings have owned them for years, and they, they kind of hold out for what they think is the fair money for the building. 
uh, I know the McHenry family with 79 Perry Street next to the arena uh, that Bagul has bought. You know, they've, they have been trying to sell that for a number of years, and I know they got, what, six or seven million dollars for the, for the building as is, uh, but the Bagulas can do that. Uh, so I, I think that's been an issue for a while that, that people hang on to a building thinking it's worth more than what people are really going to readily offer for it. Or, and usually people have to offer what they think uh, is a price that can work in their overall design when they're done redoing the building. That's how you have to look at it. Your acquisition's got to make sense. And sometimes sellers don't see that. Back tomorrow. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.